Welcome back to the Limitless Life Podcast. You're listening to episode 37, and today I have a guest with me. His name is Gavin McHale, and he is the founder of the Maverick Coaching Academy. He helps great coaches in the fitness industry build great businesses. And today we're going to be discussing the mindset required to do just that. And trust me, even if you're not in the fitness industry, you're not going to want to miss this conversation. Are you feeling stuck in life or in business? Maybe you're not making the money that you know you should be making. Or are you finding yourself in opposing patterns? One minute you're in high performance mode, and the next you feel totally drained and burnt out. If any of that sounds familiar, then this podcast is for you. I'm Brenda Johnson, and this is the Limitless Life Podcast, a place where I help entrepreneurs like you become high performers. After changing my own relationship to money and success so I could turn my passion into profit, I decided it was time to help others do the same. I am obsessed with the power of the subconscious mind and helping you tap into it so you can finally have the limitless life that you're supposed to have. My guest today, Gavin McHale, is a kinesiology graduate and he followed all the rules. He got himself a good job, gained experience, and launched his own personal training business in 2012. However, he quickly realized that following the traditional business model would lead to trading more time for more money. So he struck out to find a better way. Over the course of four years and tens of thousands of dollars invested, Gavin was able to build a six-figure hybrid training business before founding the Maverick Coaching Academy in the fall of 2019. In 2020, Gavin left the gym and went all in helping other personal trainers build their hybrid businesses. In just over 12 months, he went from zero to 150K and has helped several of his students surpass the six-figure mark He's on a mission to fix the broken fitness industry, and he strives to help his students build their best life. So today, like I said, I've got Gavin here, and I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. It has been a hot minute since I have had a guest on the podcast, so welcome. Well, I am just excited to be the to be the guest, to bring you back, to because to, it's so fun to just have conversations. I know. I love having conversations, and I really love having conversations with giants. And what I mean by that is like people who are passionate about helping to shift the consciousness of humanity and make a big impact in the lives of others. But like, you are not only a giant in this regards, you are actually a physical giant clocking in at six foot seven, from what I understand. (laughs) I was wondering, I was like, how did, what? Yeah, I, I guess like you like talking to tall people. No, I, I appreciate the double meaning. Yes, I am six foot seven, but I also, Um, I just, yeah, I appreciate these types of conversations with, you know, my coach actually talks about the others out there who are, who are always searching for the next level. They're, they're happy with where they're at, but they're always searching for more. And that's that, these are the types of conversations I want to be in more of. And, and yes, I am quite tall. Yeah. That's your officially (laughs) the tallest person I've ever met. Just so you know. (laughs) That's amazing. You actually have a really interesting story. Cause like I said, um, before I bring people on the show, I always want to creep them and stuff. So when you were younger, you actually wanted to play professional hockey. Yes. So how, can you tell us a bit about how (laughs) you got from that to what you're doing now? How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, well, look, I'm Canadian. So, I mean, that's every Canadian. I feel like every Canadian kid at some point is introduced to hockey. They're introduced to 
uh, the thing that pretty much everyone does in the winter. And when you're a, when you're a young boy kind of searching for an identity and searching for a group to fit into, um, who's, I was athletic. Both my parents had played sports. My dad's actually from England. So it was even more odd that I played hockey. He didn't even know what it really was. Um, but I got into that really, uh, and it kind of, it became my identity because it was how I was recognized as like fitting in. It was how I, you know, when you're on a team, you have 20 people who are forced to be your friends. So I was like, Oh, great. I got 20 friends. This is great. Cause I, you know, I was by like my comfort zone was sitting on my own in the basement, uh, you know, reading or, or drawing or things like that. So this got me kind of out of that. And it gave me an identity and it, it allowed, I mean, you know, the girls didn't hate, they, they, they liked the hockey players. So that helped too, uh, even though I was an awkward, awkward kid. So it really became something. And then now that I learned more about it, it, it became something that another thing that I could be really, really good at to impress everybody. Mm. And uh, so I went all in and just like, really, uh, I thought that was my love. And, and it was at the time it was, I, I think what I've realized is I've loved the pursuit of, of excellence. So I would, I would, I was pursuing, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I may as well just like go all in and become the best that I possibly can. Um, and then it kind of started to become clear that like, that was a possibility. Like that wasn't just a pipe dream. And I think, I, I hope you can tell I've done a lot of work around this <laughs> recently. I think that started to scare me a little bit because, you know, it's all well and good to be like, yeah, I want to be the best. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be an NHL player. But then it like kind of comes into reality and you realize what it's actually going to take. And it scared me. Mm -hmm. So, but then I'm in the middle of it. Like now I'm in the middle of it. I'm getting drafted by, uh, you know, I got drafted uh, to a junior team in the States in Seattle. I'm 16 years old and they're like, Hey, you made the team. Like, come on, live out here with a family you've never met and move away from all your friends and family. And we're going to put you in a super high pressure situation. I was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> and, great. Yeah. Great. All right. No, different country. This is like 2004. So actually my first year, I didn't even have a cell phone. Like I was calling my parents uh, on the landline. And when we went on like 10 hour bus drive, bus trips. I was using, I was putting these things called CDs in my <laughs> discman to listen to. I had like a little DVD player and CD player. I did. I, I couldn't just scroll Instagram. So it was a very interesting time. And um, needless to say, I wasn't even close to ready for that. Uh, bounced around junior hockey for a while and just, it, it ended up not working out through for a number of reasons. And then I went to the next thing that I was supposed to do and follow all the rules and be the best at, which was school. Mm. Um, you know, when you play junior hockey in Canada, uh, one, well, I mean, Seattle is in the Can Western Canadian league. So what they do for you is you get a year of school paid for in Canada for every year you play. So I had played two years in that league and I got, ended up getting two years of school paid for. So it was a natural progression to go to university. I had, was a straight A student my whole life, of course, because I'm a high achiever, trying to impress everybody. Mm, uh, external validation. Everybody like me. Look at how good I'm doing, right? And so I go to school and uh, get straight A's in kinesiology because, I mean, it, it was, again, it was 
it was an easy move. I had been working out now for five, six years for hockey. And then when you get into a gym, it's very much like a locker room, you know, there's jokes and banter and, you know, you're, you, you get to, to connect with people in a bit of a different way, a bit of a lighthearted way while you're doing something, you know, a little more serious. And so again, natural fit got into it and got good at it. And I was, I was training lots of clients and I was loving life, but I was like, wait a second. Like I'm working really hard right now and I'm making like good money, but like, there's a, a, a very clear ceiling here. So what am I going to do? And this was the laptop lifestyle time, 2014, 2015. That was just taken off. And I was like, I like that idea. I like, I like the idea of being able to do any, like I had just started dating my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And I was like, I, I want to see her more. We, we both wanted to travel. We eventually want to have a family. How am I going to do these things working from 630 to 1230 and then 330 to 630 and then going to coach hockey so that I could make ends meet? How am I going to do this? So the online thing came into my life and this is kind of, so this is a roundabout way of talking, telling you how I got to where I am now. I, this is the time I put up a website. I, I started an Instagram for my business and I was like, Hey, bring on the credit cards, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> and as you probably know, that does not happen like that. So I dealt with that for like a year of just grinding it out and posting content and posting blogs and really trying to trying to find my way online until I finally decided to hire a coach. When I did hire a coach, I ended up hiring three coaches uh, actually over the course of three, four years. Um, what do you know? Lo and behold, I start making more money. I start building a name for myself. And what happened was... I got to a six-figure business and it was it was what I would call a hybrid business. So I was still working with clients in person, but I was also working with clients online and it was kind of a combo. So it allowed me to travel to Hawaii for my 30th birthday, to go to, um, my girlfriend was in Australia, New Zealand doing a contract work to get the experience. I went there, we traveled for five weeks and it was when I got back and people, other trainers were like, wait, been traveling, you've got a new vehicle, you're not working crazy hours and you actually seem to like not be tired all the time. Like what's going on, you know? And so informally this, this thing was born. And then formally, I, I just kind of felt like once again, I had just done the fitness thing because it was there. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like that season had ended. There was nothing wrong with it. I still love the fitness industry, but that season for me had ended so September, 2019, I started looking into this business thing a little more clearly. And I was like, I've built something that other strength and conditioning coaches want. It's not fully online. They still love the in-person piece. Maybe we can swing the pendulum to online if you want to get married or if you have kids, or maybe if a worldwide pandemic hits, <laughs> whatever. Right. But they still, it's still built around the in-person service. And cause I do think I even post COVID or during COVID, I don't think that's going to go away. I, th I think people will want that mm -hmm. service. So we built it around that. And we built literally like, I have a picture of myself from 2015, right in front of me of like, that's the person I want to help the guy who's a really good coach and still wants to be in person, but just wants like a little more freedom and to be able to provide a little bit more value and impact to the world. And that's when Maverick Coaching Academy was born. And then a few months later, COVID hit and every single coach on the planet 
was scrambling to go online and we had a, we had a good method to do that. So, um, we were able to provide a ton of value to a ton of people. Oh, I love that. And there's so much in that. It's so funny because I was going to ask you when it came to the hockey and making it, if, cause I work in the subconscious realm a lot, if you thought, which you did say, like, if you thought there was a part of you that didn't actually want that success. And so you sabotaged it. On- I feel like that was the case. Um, I didn't, I mean, of course I had no clue at the time. Um, but even like, if I looked back at like the tools and skills that I had at that time as a 16 to 18 year old and like nothing against my parents, but they had never experienced anything like this. I would have been eaten up and chewed up and spit out by the professional hockey world so fast. Like, and I don't think people know this, but there's a pretty high amount of addiction and um, mental health issues in professional sports that no one talks about Mm -hmm. because these people are not ready for this. And then they're 21 years old. So they don't have any tools. They're 21 years old. They've they're given literally millions of dollars to play a game. That's been just fun for them their whole lives. And they have tons of free time and they, and, and everyone's like, well, you play a game for a living. How could you not like it? And and then there's so much pressure on them. I couldn't even handle the pressure of junior hockey. So there would be, you know, we, we'd have pretty big games of 5,000 people in the stands. I would be on the toilet all day. I was so nervous. I just couldn't, cause I, I didn't have any tools to deal with this. I, I tried visualization a little bit. I tried some other prep stuff, but I do think that subconsciously it was, there was some sabotage, but then there was also just like, just a pure, like not ready at all. And there was so much more that I needed to learn. It, the perfect path for me, like most, most professional athletes, they get drafted at 18 and they are basically playing pro by 21, 22. I would have been ready to play pro probably by like 27 or 28, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm 33 now, you know, now I'm just really feeling like I, know myself and I know what I'm all about. So <laughs> then the window's over. That, there's a golden nugget in what you just said about knowing myself. And one of the things that I'm always teaching people is like, before you can fully like expand into your highest potential, you really need to get to know yourself. So it's interesting that you just said that. <laughs> I appreciate I, <laughs> I can I can riff on that too. Um, because (laughs) so I remember this was right when I was starting to along the journey, like really digging in. So I'd had a couple coaches. Um, I, I was about to hire my third, I think, or maybe I had just hired him and I was recognizing that like, I also needed to be a better like man to, to, you know, to, to have a great relationship Um, and you know, better friend, better son, all these things. And I remember thinking like, I don't have a hot clue who I am or what I stand for. I had kind of spent my whole life just following the rules. So I was following other people's rules and what other people stood for. Like if you had 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 a conversation with me and been like, what do you stand for? Like what, you know, on any number of issues, I probably would have just gone with the majority. 
Mm. Right. And it's like, I kind of have, I have this joke that like back then, if I had been in conversation at a party with someone who was a Nazi supporter, I would have been like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I can kind of understand what they're, where they're coming from, you know? Cause I just had no clue. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I remember calling a friend of mine who had kind of been clearly doing some of this work and saying like, how do I come up with core values? Like, how do I do that? And then I, I actually, I, I had hired a therapist just for a few sessions just like she and I were on the same page that she was like, look, I'm not going to do this long-term, but I'm happy to kind of like help bridge the gap here. And it was really all I needed at the time. And I said, um, like, how do I know what emotion I'm feeling? I just kept saying that when she would ask about certain situations, I would say it felt weird. It mm. felt off. It felt weird. She's like, weird is a catch-all term that people that have no self-awareness use. Yes. <laughs> right? Weird is not a feeling. Uh, anger or fear, those are fe- or sadness, those are feelings, those are emotions. So she actually said to me, I want you to think as if you were watching a TV show and you were the guy on the bar stool telling the other guy a story and then think like, what, what do you think that guy would be feeling if he had told that story that you just told me? And it immediately clicked for me. Because the story I had just told her and I said it felt weird. She she kind of gave me that analogy and I was like, he would have felt scared. He would have felt scared. She's like, okay, so you were scared. And then it all kind of fell into place for me. Yeah. So it, it it almost was like I had to take something that made sense to me and then kind of like pull. And now I, you know, I've continued to do work on this, but I'm much more self-aware. And then more that also allows me to be more aware of when I'm talking to potential clients or even my clients, being compassionate and, and having an awareness of what they're actually saying instead of just what the words that they're saying. Yeah, I love that too, because it's also a really about self-responsibility, right? And so the moment you recognize, look, man, I don't even know what I feel right now. That was you starting the journey of self-responsibility. And I totally resonate with that emotion thing. I'm going to be 47 this year. And until I was, I think around 45, I swear, I thought I didn't have emotions because nobody teaches us what it means to have emotions or we're taught don't have emotions because that makes you weak. And especially if you're in the high achiever mindset versus high performer mindset. Mm -hmm. So the point where you hired the coaches What made you go, oh, I think I need to invest in a business coach now? It was an interesting one. So there was two things. The first of which I will be very clear was straight up FOMO. Mm. So I had been to several just like fitness conferences around Canada and the States. I remember one in particular where I met a couple of these people. I drove 12 hours on my own because I couldn't afford a plane ticket. Uh, I, I got a hotel room in a, like a seedy hotel in Kansas city. And, you know, I, cause I, I was like, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. Right. And I had the tunes plan and the podcasts and all the things going. And I had met several really good coaches who were similar to me. They were kind of just coming up. They were my age and they were like really into like the, the science of it. It wasn't just like bro time. It was like, 
we're going to like actually intelligently teach people to train. I, I was a nerd at heart. Right. <laughs> and then I'm noticing them on Facebook and Instagram posting about these mastermind meetups they're going to. And like, they all rented a house together and all this stuff. And I'm like, so I'm messing. I'm like, what is this thing? Like, what, what are you doing? And like, well, it's, you know, we're in this mastermind together where we, you know, we get together four times a year and then we're in this Facebook group and it's a super tight knit community. You know, are you interested? And I was like, I kind of was like, so the first thing that drove me to it was the FOMO, but then it was like, am I interested in it? Well, yeah. I mean, this guy has done what I want to do. He's built an online fitness business. I have no clue what I'm doing. So yeah, let's, you know, let's see what it's all about. And then <laughs> I get on the phone and it turns out it's, $12,000 US for a year. It's $1,000 a month, which now is relatively standard. Yeah. But in 2014, for a guy who is making $4,000 a month, maybe, which in, in Winnipeg, where I'm from, is like, that's pretty standard. Like, that's okay. You can live on that. Um, it This was way more money than I had. And not to mention, so it was 12,000 US, which is like 15, 16,000 Canadian. And then you had to, if you really wanted to get the most out of it, you had to fly to each venue, uh, which was like LA, San Diego, New York, and Philly, mm -hmm. and pay for a hotel there for like the time, pay for all your food. Like this was money I did not have. But because, first of all, other people on my level were having success that I knew. And because he was on another level and had, and had already done the thing that I wanted to do, which was build out a very successful online business, it, it made sense. And it made sense to, this was, I remember, so my, one of my best friends is our, also our financial advisor. And I remember my girlfriend at the time, I go into the condo, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's 12 grand. Like it's going to be, it's going to be $12,000. And she was like, we got to call Eric. We, you got to call the financial guy. Like what? And then just him kind of talking me down to like, look, like worst case scenario, you do the whole thing. You, you, you get nothing out of it. You're out 20 grand. It's in the grand scheme of things. It's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And, and he's like, I know you. And I know that even if this is terrible, you're still going to learn something. Like you're still going to learn something. And the rest is history. I love that. And so, so much to love about that. One, that your girlfriend didn't freak out and she was cool with it. Two, that your financial guy was supportive of you. And three, there's the mindset in there of, you know what, even if this sucks, I'm still going to learn something. And that for me, everybody listening to this, I want you to allow yourself to be curious that even if you're doing something and you're like, I already know this, ask yourself better questions. What can I learn from this? It is how you open your mind up. So I love that you went into that. You're like, yeah, even if this doesn't work. I'm and, and, and also like, even if you already know this, what is that validating for you that you could double down on? Like, there's always something to pull from it, right? Like, you know, this, like, there's always something to pull from every opportunity. And, and I think the biggest thing too, with what my girlfriend helped me with was like, she had seen how hard I had been working on this and seen that it wasn't happening. And it was like, well, this is really the next thing. Like the next thing to do is to go 
all in and invest in yourself because that's the biggest part of the business. So it's nice that I did have support, but I do love your point about like, yeah, like no matter what you're now, and I, I truly think, forgive me if I get too woo woo for you, but I truly think that when you invest in yourself, when you, when you take that leap, because it's a scary, scary leap for a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of them who don't take the leap. Um, when you take that leap, you're telling the universe, I'm no longer fucking around. Yeah. I'm not my toe in the water. I am diving in and we're doing this thing. And it, I can't tell you, maybe you're the same, Brenda. When someone invests in my course within a week, they've basically done no coaching with me yet. Like, you know, we're doing our kickoff call. They've maybe dug into the first couple, little bit of modules. They're in the group. Something amazing has happened almost every time. Yep. <laughs> it, because they're putting it out in the world that I am ready. Let's go to the next level. It has not, it has so much less to do with the coaching and the, the strategies and the tactics. And it's just, what are you telling the world when you're putting out money from your back pocket lots of money sometimes yep. depending on where you're at to, to invest in you. Yeah. And like, I'm the queen of woo. So, okay, good. <laughs> too, because what the other thing that's happening and people don't realize this is the moment. Yeah. You're putting that to the universe. You're having a conversation with the universe, but you're also making a conscious decision. And when you consciously make that decision, it automatically starts to override some of the subconscious fears and it is like your subconscious mind is a goal getting fucking machine and you make that decision and all of a sudden it's like ah, and that's when the synchronicities start happening and that's when the things start to happen and i always say to people like i love the power of a group dynamic because when you get a bunch of people together who are in the same mindset energetically harnessing that collective energy is, I would say magical, but I could go to jail. But that is what <laughs> you know what I mean though? Heresy. This is no way. You can't yeah. no, you're a witch. Uh yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I think you're you're speaking to it's just greater than the sum of its parts, right? Like you have all this great energy and every and everyone's going the same direction, right? So some people in that group dynamic may be a little further along the road right? But they're reaching their hands back and they're like, come with me, you come with me, right? And and then we have this amazing, we didn't expect this, but uh, our the same thing has happened. Like our community has just gone crazy. And now we have people who are in our initial course, their goal is to join the cool kids in the VIP group or the mastermind group, because it's just this, the, the community is so tight. And like you said, like, I like to say rising tides lift all ships. So yep. as, as one person is rising, the other person then sees that opportunity to rise. And they're like, I can do that too. It's not like, oh, they're rising. So I'm screwed. Even though they're all pretty much competitors of each other. They're like, I can see that they can do it. So that must mean that I can do it too. And I'm in the same community. Like there's, it's a no brainer. Now you have that belief. Now you're stealing belief from other people. And then it all kind of just goes up from there. It's so like, it's just a beautiful experience. And I remember when I hired my first coaches, I was like, nope, I want one-on-one -on -one coaching because I don't want to be in a group with people. And I was just leaving corporate. So like, I was trying to get everything figured out. And then after we did the one-on-one -on -one coaching, I was like, 
Okay, well, now what do I do? And they're like, you go in this mastermind with these other business owners. And I almost shit a chicken because I was like, I don't even have a business yet. How am I going to go in this room with business people? I'm going to look like a fraud. And the complete opposite thing happened. Uh, You go in the room and you're learning from these people who are one step ahead of you. And it's such a powerful experience. And it's such a great way to transform and grow. Mm -hmm. And so I am a huge, I'm all about the masterminds. (laughs) Yeah. And like stepping into that room. Yeah. It was scary and uncomfortable, but like now you can see that it was like absolutely what needed to happen. That, that scary and uncomfortable thing so that you could get to the place where you are now where you can help people and and people who are scared, you can be like, I know I wanted one-on-one coaching too but entrepreneurship is a lonely place and you need, you know, you need a community and you need a group. And now, you know, this is a group that you can be a part of. And uh, I, I think it's, I also think it's really cool. We have a couple of people who are kind of on that precipice of they're struggling, but like they could go either way. Like they could just kind of go back to mediocrity. Like there's absolutely that choice and that's okay. If you just want to go like get a job, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or they could take off and like really have huge success. And the rest of the group is supporting them. Like if they allow it and some people are kind of, sorry, I hope you can't hear that plane going over. Maybe you can. That, that's called real life. That's why okay. I love these podcasts. <laughs> okay. It's a beautiful day out. I got to have the window open. Um, but, you know, you've got, when they're struggling, someone else comes in and is like, hey, why don't we jump on a call? I've been where you are and this is what helped me get by. And then I'm just sitting here going like, what? Like, you're paying to be a part of this group and you're willing to help that person. I mean, what a powerful moment that is. What a powerful uh, piece of community and, and, and this group and like team atmosphere, like that is what's going to get our industry. And then, and then in general, like everyone personally to that next level. Yeah, it's so true. And it's so easy to believe that you're alone and you're the only one going through things like, my group right now, they're working through their money stories. And it's so interesting because as we're having these conversations, one person's going, oh, I just realized that I'm doing, and this came from the end and all these dots are connecting. And it's like, I'm just sitting there instigating the conversation and they are having all of the like dots connecting. And that's why I love this type of work and that type of environment for people. It just, lights my soul on fire. <laughs> well, and that's how you know you're doing the right thing. And and that's also how you know that like those clients are in the right place, right? Because mm-hmm. they're ready for that to happen. And and then like, yeah, then they kind of start realizing, oh, like I'm not the only one with that money story, or I'm not the only one with, you know, who wants to be the high achiever and get my dad proud of me, right? There's other people who feel that way. Yeah. And the high achievement thing is so interesting too, because even when people are starting out, I feel like the mindset behind things is to be that high achiever, to get that external validation, to be like, look, I'm doing it too. Look, I'm successful. Look, I'm doing this. And I can hear in your story, it's interesting because 
you can hear where you shifted from high achiever to a high performer. And it's very cool. <laughs> That's a really interesting, I have never even really thought of that, but I definitely remember the time when it was like the light switch was turned on in the room and you can't turn it back off. Mm-hmm. Like it's once it's on, it's now I can see everything, but also you're not going back. Like you're now, this is you, this is what you do now. And and now you're just like, you're just like craving that performance. And then you're just craving that, um, not even the performance, just like the mastery of self and of these different pieces. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying all the right words. I'm saying all the buzzwords. If you guys could see my face right now, I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is about self-mastery. And even as coaches, I will always have a coach. I will always be working with a coach. I had this, I had this, this really interesting conversation with, so I I got on my podcast, I interviewed uh, one of the women who we worked together. We were both starting out. This was in like 20, 2011, 2012. And we haven't talked much, like we've kept in touch, but, uh, and I'm, I'm a business mentor now. She does like graphic design and stuff like that. And I said to her, now that I'm like on the other side of the personal training world, so I'm not in the personal training world anymore. Um, I'm just a, a business coach. I, once I feel like I'm ready to go back to the gym or once I'm comfortable with that again, I will probably be shopping around for a coach, a personal trainer, a strength coach. The number one thing I'm looking for is, are you, and it doesn't need to be like a business coach, but are you consistently getting mentorship and consistently going to courses to up your game in some way, because personal trainers, if you're listening, (laughs) how could you ever think that anyone would be willing to invest in coaching from you? If you're not willing to invest in coaching in some way, this, it makes no sense. And that Brenda, I feel the same. I was without a coach for like a month in like, November, December. And I felt odd. I felt like I didn't really have like guidance that I wanted. And it's not like I totally rely on my coach, but I, and essentially all that was happening was I was kind of like waiting for the universe to shake out my next coach and it worked wonderfully, but, um, yeah, it felt odd. And that was the only time my wife commented. She was like, this is the only time since like, almost since we started dating, that you haven't had a coach that you haven't had some form of a mentor guiding you through. And, and it, uh, it's really interesting since I hired this new coach in January, three of our best months we've ever had weird. Right. In the <laughs> middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So weird. I find, and I say this to some people and they look at me like I have three heads, but pandemics are actually a great time to start a business and grow a business. Hundred percent. I think they're the best time. Yeah, I think they're the best time. And I actually, you know, up until about a month ago, I was whispering this to everybody because that asked because I felt bad. But I'm gonna, I say it proud now, is that like 2020 and like since the pandemic, it's been basically one year now that we're talking. Uh, It's been the best year of my life of my career because it it allowed like what it's shaking out is there aren't rules anymore as to how you do things. And everyone is looking for something 
different, especially in the health space and especially in the like self-development space? Is they're like looking for that because they're realizing that like that's missing because they've slowed down a little bit. And I mean, there's some crazy stat about the number of Fortune 500 companies that were started in the last depression in like the 30s. And it's, it's a huge number of Fortune 500 companies that were started in the Great Depression, right? So it just goes to show that like, this is a great time to start because there's just, there's so much opportunity right now. And right? I know it's, <laughs> I know it's scary. And I know it like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like it's, I know it's affected people negatively and I'm lucky that it hasn't affected me negatively, but like, if you, if you just choose to look at this a different way, you would see that like, this is actually the best opportunity you'll ever get perspective. I'm always talking about perspective. It's so important. And I had a client the other day, she was like, you know, in the past, before I started doing this mindset work, losing all my clients, I would have been like, I'm done. I, my business is done. I'm done for. She's like, and I just had my best month ever because my perspective was different. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's crazy when you shift that little, that little thing we call perspective. And just, yeah, just think like we, we often get so caught up in the emotion, right. Of, of the whole thing. Cause I was there too. And I remember having that thought as, cause so March hit, I was still relying on the personal training for the majority of my income. And I remember going, Oh shit, <laughs> like that's gone. That ain't coming back for a while. And so I had this like fear moment, but then it was like, well, now I have all this extra time and energy to go in on this thing. Why don't I do that? And then Q2 of last year, which, you know, April, May, June was massive, like massive in terms of um, not only like money and, and, and bringing in new clients, but also just like learning about our business and what I needed to do to get great results. So, so it just, it just, skyrocketed because I was, I was able now to put in the time and energy, but yeah, I could have looked at it like, well, I'm screwed. I may as well go, you know, get a, get a nine to five. I mean, there was no nine to fives at that point. So I guess it was actually perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Again, perspective. Perspective. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about, I know you teach three core principles to your clients nailing the business model, building the personal brand and learning how to sell. Do you want to break that down a little bit so people can learn a bit more about how you might be able to help them? <laughs> yeah, man, um, you have done your creeping. Uh, we just came out with that website like two weeks ago. So quick, quick tip, uh, full year, over six figures, no website. Hey man, just... you know what? I didn't have a website until March of last year. And I don't even really use my website for much. So anybody out there going, I need a website, I need a business card. I need to think, no, you don't. You just need to. No, you don't. (laughs) You need, you need to have uh, an irresistible offer Mm -hmm. and you need to have a, essentially a way to take people's money when they're ready to invest in you. Like that's what you, (laughs) that's what you need. Like that's it. And then obviously like a way to reach those people and and show them your irresistible offer, which these days is, can be any number of ways. But um, yeah, so the first thing we talk about is this business model piece. So again, this is relatively uh, directed towards your personal trainer or your athletic therapist or your um, you know healthcare professional. But really, it is the one simple question that answers this whole thing for anybody 
is what is the best way that you can get your ideal client a result that they want? So, you know, for us, let's, let's take, for example, I don't like using this, but it's very easy to understand is like the person who wants to lose 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. Well, the traditional model would say they pay for 12 sessions and they come once a week and it's 12 weeks. And then they work with you for one hour and then they piss off and they do nothing else for the whole rest of the week. Do you think that's the best solution for them to lose 10 pounds? Probably not right? It's 2021. We have access to so many things. So we call it the hybrid program. And the best part about the hybrid program is like I said, the pendulum can swing either way. If you want to work in person more, if you want to work in person less or nil, you can do that. So it's like, there's going to be some form of in-person training generally, if you want that to be there or some form of like live coaching, then there's going to be like some form of like other training, so if they're doing cardio or maybe their own workouts or things like that, there's going to be some form of nutrition intervention. And then there's going to be some form of like mindset habit intervention, putting all that together. This is what people want now, just so everybody knows any industry that you're in, especially if it's health-based people want holistic, they want there. Uh, there's some stat that more people have searched for meditation and mindfulness over the past six months than like ever before. Mm -hmm. This is what people want. They, they don't just want you to count their reps and teach them how to squat more weight. They want to, they want longevity. They want the opportunity to be able to go hiking and, and go skiing and do these things. They don't just want the performance in the gym. Some people do, and that's fine, but the majority of people where you're going to make the majority of your money. So that's the business model. And I think what we've seen is a lot of people struggle to sell when they're not clear and don't feel great about their business model or about their delivery. Yeah. Brenda's like, yes. <laughs> like, I, would you agree, Brenda? Like when, when you haven't, like when you don't have evidence built up to support the case that your delivery works, it's really hard to sell. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And also not being super clear on how you help people. I see that so often. How do you help people? Uh, yeah. I, uh, well, and what they generally tend to do is they start spitting out features or logistic. Well, we use this app and we do coaching calls and we, no one's paying you $2,000 for, for an app or coaching yeah. calls. Sorry. <laughs> They're paying you $2,000 to help them live a better life or to help them make more money or to help them have more sex or to help them, you know, get the new job, whatever it is. That's what they're paying for. Um, a good friend of mine, I got to shout her out, Hannah Hermanson. She says, um, you know, the coaching world should not be transactional. It should be transformational. Yes. Yes. It's good, right? It's good. It, it, that, that lands for me is you should be selling a transformation. And then when you're selling that transformation, reverse engineer, what's the best way to get that transformation? And then there's your, there's your business model. Yeah. Right. It could be, it could be a course. It could be live coaching. It could be a combination of the two, whatever it is that you want to do. That's your business model. Now, the next part about like, we've been touching on this a whole bunch is like, you, you have to get clear on who it is you help and, and what their situation is. And then what you're going to offer. Like, I, I feel like at this point, Brenda, like people should know that I, I hope. Yeah. But the other, th the other thing is, is like in 2021, there's more coaches online than ever. How are you going to stand out among the million stick people online that all look the same? And that's personal branding. 
that is that is that is anyone who can't see the the scotch bottles and the the wine bottle and the the books behind me and the candle because i'm getting woo woo and all that stuff that you know and and then the way that you show up and i'm not saying you have to be a clown jumping around show up as you but talk to me about your pets talk to me about your kids talk to me about what you're doing on the weekend if you're going for walks or if you are working out or if you play sports that kind of stuff is going to help people connect. And I had a friend talk about like, so for example, the like in the fitness space, telling someone how to squat on Instagram, right? I mean, how many videos have we seen about how to squat properly? Like, right. <laughs> I, I feel sick when I see like, here's how you squat. But what if you told me how to squat and how that was similar to like a, a fine bourbon or wine and how that was made? Mm-hmm. Not- I'm interested now I give a shit about that. Cause I like bourbon. I like wine. And that's where, where you and I can connect. Now talk to me about the squat. Yeah. Now I'll look cool. The comparison, not it. That's not the right word. I think packaging it in that way and saying, look, talk about it in a way that now we can relate to things. And it also humanizes you which is a beautiful thing. It's a great mindset to have to be like, look, I'm just like you. I like the bourbon. I like the wine. Yeah. Love. People want to work with humans. Yeah. Right? They, they want to pay humans. They want human they connection. They don't want to work with a, with a, with a, a logo mm-hmm. or, or a color scheme, right? They want to work with a human being. It's so true. So For somebody new to this type of mindset work, working with a coach like you, what would you tell people is the best place to start? Wow. Good question. (laughs) Um, I, okay. So we, we already touched on part of it is, is start asking some questions. First of all, start asking, start picking the scab a little bit as to, you know, what disgusting and so awesome, such a a disgusting metaphor, but like, start just like digging in a little bit on like these questions that you've always kind of run away from. Cause that was me. I I would, I would like kind of have this like moment and then I would just be like, I, I don't have time to think about that. Little did I know that was like everything. And that was the only thing I should have been focused on. So I will, I would go with, where do you start? Ask questions. Um, and, and then also like that self-awareness piece is ask like, who am I? Like, what do I stand for? What do I care about? Also on the other side of that piece is like, what, do, what, what triggers me? What pisses me off mm-hmm. and, and why? Right. Um, Byron Katie, famous woo woo, uh, coach in the, in the space. she she said, I watched a video about her last week and she said, negative emotions should be our cue to ask questions. So when you feel fear, when you feel sadness, when you feel anything you don't want to feel, ask, why am I feeling this way? What is it that's, that's making me feel this way? When someone acts a certain way and I get really worked up, why is that? Mm-hmm. What is that inside of me that's making me feel that way? So start asking questions. And actually, honestly, the simplest way that I started getting into mindset work and getting into even just like anything around self-development was, um, was I picked up a five-minute journal and I just started doing gratitude every day gratitude is huge gratitude instantly yeah. shifts your mindset and i don't think people realize that they go oh, gratitude and then gratitude yeah but it instantly shifts your mindset 
you you cannot be sad or angry or or any or scared and be grateful at the same time. It's impossible. It's true. You cannot feel those emotions together. So the uh, one of the things Deepak Chopra says is like, if if gratitude is your main emotion, you're in a good place. Like that, then you're in a good place. And and okay, it's all well and good for personal development. You'll just be happier. That's a good thing too. So, and I remember I picked up the five minute journal. I had been doing it and about a year in hit like a rough patch in business, you know, um, a rough patch as we all have in relationship. And I remember like the last thing I wanted to do was write in that journal, but I was like, I got to keep this one habit. I got to keep this one thing. And what do you know? It pulled me through like working, just saying three simple things I was grateful for helped me realize like, oh, yeah, I mean, I may be like struggling to make another thousand dollars this month, but I have a bed to sleep in and I have uh, a, a, a furnace in my house. These are, these are things that not everybody has. I have clean water. Like if you can get grateful about like those simple things, you know, the fact that I have a clean shirt to put on today, you, you realize wow, I actually have it pretty good. And that totally shifts your perspective from, you know, oh, that client said no to me. I mean, you're lucky that client, you had the opportunity. You have a phone that you can call a client on. So many people don't have phones. Like these are things to be great. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I was like, I feel better. This is a bit of work, but I feel better. What can I do next? You know, what's the next thing I can do? Where, where's the next place I can take it? I just feel like finding the smallest possible thing that you can do that's going to have a return on investment so that you can keep digging and keep moving down that path. Here's a fun fact for you in 2015, I actually started with the five minute journal. Are you serious? Yeah, I think actually, I probably have some of them on my shelf still. Yeah, and I just kept buying them too, me right? Too. <laughs> I was just like, I like this, this is making <laughs> yeah. it easy for me. I'm just gonna keep doing this. And I'm not saying everybody needs to go buy a five minute journal, but if you're looking for one, it's a great journal. But just any notebook or something that just you like with a pen that you like and every day, just write three things you're grateful for. Just mm-hmm. three. That's it. That's what my, that's what actually what my wife's doing now is um, she just got like, she bought like a really nice leather notebook and she's got a good pen. And before bed every night, she just pulls it out. She has some, some good, you know, light tunes plan. And she just writes out three things and it's just like, and that's right. When I kind of started asking those questions was at the age she's at now, she's a couple of years younger than me. So it's like, it's interesting to see. And it's, it's interesting how simple it can be. Cause like I tried to give her the five minute journal, but it was like, she's like, no, like that's just not landing for me. The gratitude was landing. She was like, I do want to do that piece. So it's interesting. And then just kind of like, going from there, like, can you, can you create some affirmations or can you build something else out that um, you can reprogram that brain from looking for the worst in things to looking for the best in things? Yes. Aside from this, such a good conversation. I love this conversation. So aside from the journaling, when it comes to cultivating your high quality mindset, what are some of the habits you incorporate into your daily routine? So this has been a really big shift for me recently. So it used to be, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're hitting snooze and you're not getting up right away, like you're, you're way behind. Um, And then I realized like, I'm always fucking tired. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) what the fuck? So uh, it it just, I think it's partially, 
you know, my wife and I are like, that's the time we spend together is like in the evening. So to go to bed at nine was like, um, it wasn't ideal for the relationship. So what, what we did is we kind of have this cadence that works well now, 10, 10 30. And then I've stopped setting my alarm, but I've started following my intuition. So I'll do my best when I wake up to not look at the clock right away and to just think, how do I feel? Do I feel energized and ready to get up? Or do I feel like I need to turn over and, and sleep some more? Almost every time it's between six and six 30 that I feel ready and energized. Sometimes it goes seven, sometimes it's five 45, but almost every time between six and six 30, I get up. And then the biggest thing for me is keeping my thermostat high or my internal thermostat high, which is why I reached out to you to get on a conversation, having lots of really high quality conversations. But then in the morning, I'll either listen to like good music or a good podcast while I'm like brushing my teeth and stuff. And then it's very fluid from there. So I really like to let my ritual, I'm really working on intuition is like, what is my gut telling me? So some days I do some movement. I have some really good like movement flows because I'm an athlete. I, I like to move. Some days I just lie on my back <laughs> and breathe. Um, and then some, so there's that. And then, so I'll, if I'm feeling it, I'll incorporate a physical component and then I'll always incorporate some sort of mindfulness component, whether that's some sort of a meditation or whether that is literally just sitting there being still or dispense breathing or Wim Hof breathing or something where I'm just out of my brain. Again, I still haven't checked my phone at this point, which is a huge piece. I haven't checked my phone before I've taken care of me right? I got to walk the dog. I got to get the animal brain out before I'm checking all that stuff. Um, and then I will get right to work on my, what I feel is my most important task for the day or, or the task that's going to lead me to, um, the rest of the day is basically already one. So, um, yesterday, for example, that was making sure that I filled out the pre podcast form that you sent me. Like that was important. And it was something that I otherwise probably would have brushed off and done at the end of the day when I was tired, I could do it with energy. And then there was a couple other things I did too, but it's that slimy frog that like, it's a, it's kind of a make money later task or a, something that's going to work for you later, but it's something that otherwise will just get brushed aside. So I do that. And then after that's done, that's when I do my first check of messages, emails, Slack, social, all that stuff. Love it. I love it. It's so funny because I too have stopped setting an alarm. I stopped like last year. I was like, I don't, I don't like setting my alarm. I lived my whole entire life setting my alarm and I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And it's interesting because if I set the intention and I'm like, okay, I'll wake up between six and seven or six and six. Or I always do. I don't need the alarm because when you give yourself that I will statement, it's programming your mind to help you wake up. And it's a beautiful thing. And as of last year, I don't see clients until at least one o'clock. That shocks right. people. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I want to walk my dog in the morning. I want to just chill out and meditate and do my stuff. My mornings are my mornings. <laughs> and and that also, I mean, I have to say this to every personal trainer, like you've got to fill your cup. Yes. You cannot pour from an empty cup. So if you're grinding it out with these 9am calls and all you want to do is go walk your dog, how, how well do you think you're going to show up for your clients? You're not. Exactly. And yeah. It, so that's me time. 
Yeah, so important. So this has been such a good conversation. I have a couple more questions for you. Obviously, any programs or services you want to tell people about your mastermind, obviously, is a big one. Yeah, so we actually like our front end course is a 12 week mentorship. So it's called Maverick Coaching Academy. So if you're a personal trainer, athletic therapist, physiotherapist, um, we've even started working with like chiropractors and um, even a financial coach. Um, basically, I like to keep it in the fitness realm because that's where I've been. Mm -hmm. um, and you're not sure how to move online and you're really struggling to kind of like take this thing to the next level from the referrals and that kind of stuff to enrolling people you've never met before and those types of things. That's, that's what we do. That's, that's how we help people. So that's our 12 week course. And then after that, we have our VIP program that you kind of have to, you pretty much have to be nominated for it because we want to make sure that that's like a really, really tight knit community. But yeah, Maverick Coaching Academy is, is the, the, the way that we can serve the world right now. That's the way that we are our best, uh, doing our part to change the world, to make it a better place. I love it. And I'm going to have all your links down below. You also have a podcast. So everybody, after you're done listening to this one, go check out Gavin's podcast. I, believe I think we might be having uh, Brenda as a, as a guest soon. <laughs> I would love that. This has been such a good conversation. And I have one more question for you. That is the question I ask all of my people. What does having a limitless life mean to you? Such a such a great question. And there was no prep for that. I like this. I feel like having a limitless life is, is being able, you being able to define your, like what freedom means to you and live that. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't mean that you need to already have a definition of freedom. This is something that I've been realizing is you're kind of constantly defining freedom. I'm, I'm kind of constantly defining freedom or it's validating what I was already thinking and then building out like a life that allows that, that allows that freedom, that allows you to live in the way that, that you want to live and that you feel like you were put here on this earth to live. I love that question. And I feel like I'm going to have a, a far better answer in like an hour, but we're going to go with that. Yeah, for right I now. like that answer. That's a great answer. Gavin, it's been such a pleasure just to have this conversation with you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to have this chat with me. I really appreciate you. And guys, I'm going to have all of his stuff linked up because you need to go check him out. Thank you, Brenda. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have no idea how much I love and appreciate you for taking time to listen because shows like this are not possible without people like you. You can find me over on Instagram at underscore Brenda Johnson. Tag me to post and let me know what your favorite episode has been. And if there's something that you want to hear, let me know. Shoot me a DM and I'm always going to get back to you. I want this podcast to help as many people as possible. So please take a moment if you can to leave me an honest comment and review so I know what you think of the show. And if you could, help me spread the love by hitting that share button.